Okay, if you are listening to this, you've successfully downloaded the first um, of a series, hopefully, of IPA podcasts. Uh, It's Monday the 26th of September today, so we're talking uh, about things that were happening in the last week uh, or so. Um, About 90 days till Christmas, so hopefully you're getting your your Christmas tree down from the loft. Um, Uh, No. Okay. Uh, My name is uh, Gary Townley. Um, I'm the business outreach manager, or part of the business outreach team, um, at the Intellectual Property Office. I'm here with my colleague uh, Emma Richards. Hello. Uh, and basically our role is, uh, is, is, is raising awareness about IP. Um, so Emma, do you want to quickly explain what the office is and, uh, and what we do? Uh, yeah, okay. We are the Intellectual Property Office, as Gary said. Um, we are part of government, so we fall under business innovation and skills. So our role is to raise awareness of intellectual property so that um, new start businesses, um, individuals can understand the importance of intellectual, intellectual property when starting in their business. So if they want to then register their intellectual property, uh, we're the office that they come to to register those rights. Okay, so in layman's terms, the four main areas are? In layman's terms, you have patents for your inventions. So if you have a product and you want to protect the way it works, you can protect that with a patent um, by applying to us at the IPO. If you have a brand connected to your business, uh, that would be known as a trademark. So you can apply for registration of your trademark. You can also apply for registration of the appearance of a product and that would fall under a registered design. We also advise on copyright, even though it's not a registrable right, uh, it's an automatic right. Um, obviously, it, you still need to have an awareness of copyright. Okay, so that sort of sets the scene. So in the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes, hopefully we're going to give you a bit more about IP, uh, how it affects most businesses. Um, and uh, how businesses can use it to uh, add value to what they do, if you like. So, um, I say our role is, is uh, sort of doing awareness raising events. So we go up and down the country, um, spreading the word about IP. So, um, uh, where was I last week? So last week I was in Manchester at VentureFest. Uh, VentureFest is very technology based, so it's a lot of new businesses um, with new technologies, and that's a, that's a good uh, forum for them to showcase their new technologies and hopefully get a bit of investment. So most questions that I got last week were, were based around patents. Um, and a, a, a problem that quite a few people had at that event was they assumed that uh, to actually patent something you needed a prototype. Now, can I just say, you do not need a prototype to actually uh, patent uh, an invention. Basically, everything you do is in writing. So basically, if you come up with a new, day, f- new idea, first of all, don't tell anyone. Um, because the first test of a patent that it has to be new when you file it with us. Uh, and secondly, then, you have to describe that idea in writing. Um, so that means um, we don't want a prototype, we don't want a working model. Uh, you need to provide us with a description, uh, a set of claims, some drawings, and an abstract. And those four elements make up a patent application together with the application form. And you can send that into us, and your sort of patent journey uh, starts at that point. So no prototype and no working model. Um, where were you last weekend? I, well, I was at VentureFest with you, and then oh, I yeah. headed off to London to the SEPA Congress. Um, for those who don't know what the SEPA Congress is, um, SEPA is an acronym for the Chartered Institute of Patent Attorneys. Um, Gary's just touched on patents, so um, you probably 
aware of the fact that it's quite a complex process and so we do advise people to use a patent attorney um, in when drafting an application so all these patent attorneys came together last week um, to discuss different patent issues um, at the moment so that's where I was last week uh, speaking to patent attorneys about the different activities that we're getting involved in um, with our education team and our enforcement team at the moment. Yeah, so as I said before, although we don't need a prototype or a working model, drafting that description and those claims is actually quite complex and that's where your Chartered Institute of Patent Attorney representative comes in because he can draft you something that's robust, uh, that will uh, protect what you want it to cover. Um, if you do it yourself, obviously you can leave yourself with loopholes and so people can sort of copy you. Um, because it's not as precise as you might want it to be and that's why um, we would recommend that if you are going down the patents route you do uh, use a patent attorney. Yeah. Okay, from there then I went to the uh, Business, Innovent uh, Business Innovation Centre in, uh, uh, in Stafford where I did a workshop for about 20 of their sort of members um, and our workshop that we provide uh, is a half day it covers all the areas of IP. We also touch on enforcement, we touch on confidentiality agreements, etc., etc. Um, so a half-day workshop taking uh, you through um, most of the areas using sort of scenarios and exercises. So it's quite interactive. Um, so from that event, I got a lot um, of questions, generally about trademarks. And, and when we do go out, probably, uh, it's probably the, the biggest sort of area that we do get questions on is trademarks. Uh, and the first one, which really uh, we get every, every week, I think uh, Emma would agree, is that most people are confused about trademarks and company names. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, do you want to explain a bit that? Um, there's a common misconception. If you register your name with Companies House, that you are protected with that name. And it's not true, really, because Companies House don't check the trademark register when you apply for a company name. So Virgin Cardiff might be um, available on Companies House's register, but if you opened a shop with Virgin Cardiff above the door and sold records, for example, I'm sure that the brand Virgin would have an issue with that. So it's always important to realise that the brand, the brand as a trademark, if it's protected, gives you a lot more protection than if you were to um, register, simply register with Companies House. Uh, the same kind of situation does happen with um, domain names as well. So it's important to be aware of that if you want the ultimate protection and really you need to register for a trademark. Yeah, I mean basically there's, there's three, uh, there are three separate registers. So you've got your domain name, which you obviously need to register uh, if you're on like domain name.co.uk or .com or what have you. You have your company name, if you're going to be a limited company and you do that obviously in your company's house. And then last but not least, um, you know, uh, having a trademark, um, which again is a separate register, is probably, as, as Anna said, is probably the most important thing to have because that represents you um, as, tra as trading and that's what people buy into. It's your reputation, it's the goodwill behind the service or the good that, uh, that you're delivering. Um, so after BIC, um, that, was that, that was me for this uh, last week. Uh, this week then I'm off to do a talk for the solicitors group up in uh, in Glasgow and I'm following that by a talk um, for UKTI in in Birmingham. So um, that's my little r run for this week. Where, where, are you, where are you off to this week? Um, I'm off to London in the morning um, delivering a two-hour workshop in the morning and then in the afternoon I'll be doing a presentation 
um, at our London office. Then Wednesday I'm heading off to Birmingham to an expo for Thursday. And that's my little trip yeah. for so this. So as, as you can see, we, we are very active in going out and spreading awareness. If you do want to see where we are, um, we do have an events page uh, on our website. Uh, so we'll give you that straight away. So that's, that's www.gov.co.uk forward slash IPO. Didn't even have that written down. No, I didn't even have that I'm written impressed. down. That's good. Uh, and if you do want to contact us by phone, obviously we have a phone number, which is 0300 300 2000. I know that off by heart as well. So um, very active. If you want to come see where we are, please come and visit us. Uh, and if you want us to do a workshop or any talks or seminars for you, get in contact for us. And, uh, and we'll, uh, if we're available, uh, we'll come and do that for you. So um, just, I think, to finish up with, uh, we'll have a look at... Um, of what uh, was in the news last week. Okay. So I think one which um, struck me, uh, well, a lot of people mentioned to me when we were out, um, was a mention in the press about the ham dog. Ham dog. Ham dog, which was yeah. um, a combination of obviously a hamburger and a hot dog. Mm -hmm. uh, the article um, did say that they had patented the ham dog. Okay. Um, and I think, again, that, that's, that's quite a problem for us, is, is where uh, the media and individuals tend to get the terminology wrong. Um, uh, probably a, ham, uh, you know, a combination of a hot dog and hamburger is not something you can patent uh, simply because uh, a patent has to have a technical effect, it has to do something um, and really combining those two sort of products wouldn't really give it a technical effect. Uh, but we did do a bit of research and in fact it's not patented, yeah. um, it has a registered design for the look and shape of the, the hot dog or the ham dog bun. Um, which was registered in the US back in 2009, I believe. Um, so what about the concept behind it? Would they, would, would they have been able to protect that? It's unlikely, as I said. It's got, it's got to have a technical effect, so, but it would show a technical effect behind that, you know, it does something. Or indeed the way it's manufactured, potentially that might fall into the patents categories, but uh, it, it's very unlikely. Um, but that, that's the problem. Um, the press sort of sees something and assume it's patented. Um, uh, the, the other one, which was probably now about two weeks ago, was um, the application for the trademark should have by Specsavers. And there was a great article, and obviously it's a trademark they're going for. The article started with uh, the dark side of copyright, uh, followed by can they trademark uh, the word should have, and then can they patent it. So in, in the article, there were all forms of IP being mentioned, but what they were actually doing is trying to register a trademark. So differentiating the rights, is, is really quite crucial if you're going to apply for these. You need to know uh, what you're going to apply for. Um, another one which I think um, everybody had probably heard of last week uh, was the, uh, the Bake Off. Bake Off. Yep, yep. Bake Off moving from um, obviously BBC to Channel 4. Yeah, it's been okay. quite um, media savvy in the last week, really. Um, the Great British Bake Off. Um, obviously at the moment is um, on the BBC and as we know they've, they've sold, um, sold it to Channel 4. Um, one of our guest bloggers, Dan Anthony, has written a really interesting blog on the Great British Bake Off and, and um, how it relates to intellectual property. Uh, it was our first blog actually. That was from about 18 months ago now. First blog we ever wrote was on, uh, on the Great British Bake Off. Oh, right. Okay. And it was about the concept that you can't really protect a, no. uh, a television theme, a television uh, format, really. Um, and it was a good, good article. It went um, uh, back to the back in the day. Some of you may be old enough to remember 
I certainly am to remember Huey Green and Opportunity Knocks, um, where he um, unfortunately was not successful in trying to protect the format of that particular uh, um, challenge show or talent show, if you like to say, because basically all talent shows do the same format, really, don't they? Yeah. I think someone performs, someone votes, so it's either by telephone or judging, yeah. and then someone wins. So actually trying to protect that sort of format is, is really difficult. Uh, what they can protect, obviously, is the name. Yeah. which uh, has been protected by Love uh, Productions. They've protected that in sort of various uh, categories. Um, I don't know if you know about the trademark categories. Do you want to quickly explain the class uh, system? Yeah, when you apply for a trademark, you have to specify the goods and services that you want protection in, and these are classified from 1 to 45. So you basically identify your business and then identify the class that is associated with your business. And you can get help on um, classifying your trademarks um, through our classification section. And the direct number for that is 01633811148 if you want to speak to them directly. They can help you with that. Okay, that's classified. And obviously, when you're doing your search as well, if you do do a search on our website, well, you forgot to mention searching, didn't you? Yeah, uh, we can actually You can do a trademark search on our website. Um, simple as going to the web page, popping the name in you are thinking of using. Uh, you can sort of limit the classes if you so wish, uh, or just do a broad range search. You can do uh, similar uh, marks, you can do exact matches, you can do starts with, you can do contains. So it's, it's a very uh, useful and easy to use system. You'll get up a number of uh, results which might relate to the sort of areas that you're thinking of doing. And again, you can see the classes that those companies has gone for if, if you so wish. So again, that's a, a free service yeah, from our website. Yeah, and talking about services on the website, there are a lot of online tools available um, for users to, to get involved in. If you're unsure about your intellectual property after listening to this podcast, if you're really still unsure about where you need to be and how it relates to you as an individual or a business, there's lots of tools available online um, to use. And like Gary said, they're free, they're available. Um, there's lots of interaction with them and there's lots of mm -hmm. videos supporting um, the tools and and case studies so you can relate it to a real life situation. So go onto our website and just have a little look around. Yeah, really. we've got IP Equip, um, which takes probably each section takes about 10 minutes of your time. You can watch a short video, answer a series of questions. You will get a certificate at the end of that. And if you're interested in a CPD point, um, you'll also get one of those if you complete that course. Uh, the one I do like, and I, I would recommend you do if you're in business and you're not sure what the business owns, is the IP Health Check. Now the IP Health Check, there are nine different versions on the website. Again, these will take roughly between 10 and 15 minutes of your time. You answer a series of sort of yes, no, maybe questions, and at the end you'll get a confidential report and that will point you in the direction of what protection you can probably go for, what your, op your business owns, and where to seek third advice. So, um, and if I'm, if I'm asked to do an audit on any company, that, that is really the starting point for me. I'll do the IP audit on the series of, of the areas that um, that business will affect that business. Um, and, and that's a starting point. Uh, we've got an app you can download to your phone. Yeah. Um, as Emma says, we've got a range of, um, of guidance uh, booklets, IP basics, range of guidance uh, videos, again, the IP basics videos. Um, and if you are interested, um, we also do a masterclass in this. So, yeah. um, do you want to? 
Yeah, we run um, a three-day masterclass um, generally at the Intellectual Property Office. So if you're interested in coming to see Newport and, and what Newport can offer, then please sign up for that. Um, there is a charge for it, but it's quite a, a low charge for the for the information that you get over the, the couple of days that we run it. It's an interactive course. You have the opportunity to speak to the people doing the job. So a trademark examiner will come and, and chat to you about the process of um, trademark examining. Um, similarly, a patent examiner will speak to you about that process as well and exactly what's involved in applying for, for a patent and the type of things that, that can be patented. Um, alongside um, our copyright experts and designs um, examiners as well. So basically it's an opportunity to meet the experts and, and ask the questions that, that you really want, want answering in terms of intellectual property. Okay, and yeah. uh, probably latest news from us, um, hot off the press if you so wish. If you want to go to the website, you'll see it anyway. Um, but the really most important thing for um, designers is that the designs fees are changing as of the 1st of October. Yeah. So the fees um, are coming down slightly, the renewal fees are coming down as well, um, and it gives you the opportunity to file up to 10 designs for as little as £70. So uh, again, things are sort of moving in the right direction. Uh, no doubt people are wondering about Brexit um, and how that affects the IPO. And again, on our website, um, we have um, on the front page, if you like, IP and Brexit, the facts. That's how it currently stands. Obviously, you know, we, we haven't invoked the Article 50, 500 or whatever it is that at the moment. So we've got another, uh, at least another two years um, uh, to be as it is at the moment. We would still suggest you go through the European routes as, of, uh, as, as normal. Um, and also, um, uh, last week we did, for anybody who's um, interested in music or for musicians, we introduced a copyright notice uh, about printed music and the use of music. So um, again, that's downloadable from our website. Um, so if you are a musician or interested in music, that will tell you what you can and can't do when it comes to using printed music. Um, so if you do want further information from us, uh, please sign up to our blogs, our Twitter feeds, our LinkedIn, YouTube, um, and you can also sign up for email updates. Um, so really, really useful, and you'll get them straight away. So if we, something does happen within sort of 24 hours, 48 hours, we'll be releasing an email, and that'll tell you exactly what's happening yeah. in the world of IP. And don't forget, there's always the old-fashioned way. You can actually give us a call and speak yeah. to one of our, um, our call centre advisors. Um, they're really helpful. Um, and they'll go through any aspect that you want to go through if you're really confused. So just pick up the phone, charge them at a local rate. Um, do you know the number, Gary? Oh, 300, 300, 2000. So if you do want to call us, call that. Yeah. But obviously, maybe start with our website because our website's yeah. got loads of useful information on there. Um, and it, you'll probably find it on there before you phone us, actually. So um, please try that route. So that's been us yeah. for around 20 minutes. Um, if after listening to this, you want us to cover something else in future podcasts, if you want to get us, uh, you know, get someone in from our um, uh, private applicant section on patents or a trademark examiner that we can quiz and ask him the common problems when people file on their own or designs examiner um, or someone from copyright, you know, um, let us know. And I think if, if you email us at a general email address, which is market, M-A-R-K-E-T, at ipo.gov.uk, me, Emma, or a member of the business outreach team will pick that up. Uh, we'll give you a response, and perhaps in the next uh, podcast, um, we'll cover those issues for you.
So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, so from me. Good night from me. And good night from me. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Thank you.